Welcome to We Are Already Free, a podcast helping down-to-earth people to live their truth and be the change. If you're fed up with feeling disempowered by the things you can't control, if you're ready to spend your one precious life growing a beautiful world with the people you love, this is for you. Do you ever get overwhelmed and frozen into inaction by how much is going wrong these days? Everywhere you look, it's bad news. If so, me too. (laughs) And I have some good news. We've got great medicine for that on this week's episode, where you'll hear from Sean the Viking Zimmer. Sean is a devoted father, viral meme king, life coach, health enthusiast, public speaker, entrepreneur, author, rescuer of masculinity, protector, provider, and man of God. Soon to be launching a new offering called I Believe in Us and host of the brand new The Vikings Voice podcast. All show notes with links to Sean can be found at alreadyfree.me forward slash 008. In this episode, we hear from Sean on becoming the man he is today and the sometimes dark journey that it took to get here. We also hear how he became a man of God, and there's a deep resonance that he and I experience in our own perspectives on spirituality and religion and how that's shown up in our own lives. Towards the end, he shares a surprising bit of advice on how to get started with health and fitness. And if you know anything about Sean, you'll know that this dude really knows how to take care of himself physically. So it's really interesting the direction that he takes when I ask him about that. I'm Nathan Maingard, and I nearly killed myself in my efforts to fit a mold our society just calls being a good citizen. Now I practice serving those who are ready to live their truth, using tools like gentle breathwork, empowering wordsmithery, and transformational one-to-one sessions. Stick around to the end of this episode where I share an exciting bit of news for you, for all who love this podcast as much as I do. Speaking of loving this podcast, so many thanks to anyone who is leaving reviews and subscribing and sharing the episodes makes a massive difference in my world. And so thank you to this lovely human who says, I love Nathan's positivity and vibe. You can tell that he genuinely cares about people. I do. (laughs) He and his guests have powerful messages that go against the mainstream social construct with an open mind and open heart. Thank you so much, KJC Zap. So if you love the podcast, please do leave a review, follow, subscribe, share. It all makes a really, really big difference. And now please enjoy this uninterrupted episode with Sean the Viking Zimmer. When I was looking at your website, I saw something that I found really beautiful and I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, You said, I'm proud to say I'm a righteous man, a selfless man, an honest man, a man of God and a man of good. That most definitely was not always the case. So I'm really curious because there's two things there. One is like, what a beautiful way to own yourself, to really step into like, this is how I am. This is who I am in the world and to really state that. And then also the acknowledgement that that wasn't always the case. And so the question I have for you is, what was going on or how did you change to become the man you are today? And why wasn't that always, why weren't you always the man that you are today? Uh, Well, the uh, most simplest answer on that would be consciousness, unconscious before conscious now Um, to dive into it deeper. Well, that would be uh, all the uh, 
you know, past trauma, the things that have happened in life that uh, didn't go the way I wanted as a child, you know, neglected maybe here or there and uh, ways of acting out and uh, surrounding yourself in the wrong environment, the wrong crowd and escaping through drugs, alcohol, sex um, at a younger age, um, adrenaline from stealing cars. That's a whole other story we could get into on what wound me up in another province in Canada here. Really no uh, no care for anyone else is hiding from the truth, hiding from my feelings, doing whatever I could to uh, just gain some instant gratification. And that was a very selfless process, selfless way of living. And as I dove into mentors, self-help books, this started, you know, entertaining this burning desire inside to become better and to be more knowing that I am more brought me to a state of consciousness that is, you know, reversed all of that. And, uh, I, I appreciate the past and what it allows me to resonate with and others and share my experiences and help direct people away from such a path, learning the easy way instead of the hard way as I did. And, uh, you know, the spiritual world most definitely has been a huge, huge side of that for me coming into God and my beliefs as such and, uh, changing really my complete outlook on the world and understanding just how much more there is to it and how much more I have to give instead of take, 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 take. How did you, because I've heard you say that before around being a man of God. And so for me, I'll just give a brief little, little insight in that I have always felt uncomfortable with religion. I, I, from a very, very young age, it just seemed like everyone was trying to convince me that I needed to join their club and that if I didn't join their club, I was going to the bad place. But everyone had a different set of rules as to what would get me to the good place. And, and I noticed that they all seemed to have very similar... There, was, there were aspects in each religion that felt that resonated with me, that felt true, but then they limited it by saying, well, you know, if you don't join our club. And I, and I noticed that when I really committed to music and to my storytelling and my songwriting, that suddenly all these people started coming up to me and saying, oh, you must be Christian or you must be Buddhist or you must be Muslim because you're saying this thing from this verse and that thing from that verse. And I was like, yes. Yes, I get it. It's all has elements of the truth in it. And it took me a long time to be comfortable with saying, yes, I, I am a man of God, as you so beautifully put it. I am a man of God and I have a deep relationship to spirit and I, and I really do my best to allow spirit to guide me. And so that's kind of my story, which is why I'm curious around, like, how did you come to that place from what sounds like the distraction, the desire to just numb it all and escape it all? And, and what brought you now to being a man of God? Yeah, well, greatly expressed on your front. I resonate with that. Very similar story. Um, always deep down, I knew there was something, something greater, but never gave it the time of day, even the slightest thought beyond that because of religion, because of the divide, the fear, people saying, you know, got to be part of this club. It has to be this way or you are, you're damned forever and you're going to hell um, and that just never resonated, didn't sit well with me. My intuition just said, no, that's incorrect. And I didn't dive actually in deeper trying to learn for myself until, um, <clears throat> geez, I think, uh, I think it was just over two years ago now. Um, I had been, you know, I've been a huge self-development junkie for the last decade and, uh, continuously focusing on better health physically and mentally. Um, I used to train people um, with personal training, group fitness, online training, uh, which transitioned into lifestyle coaching. 
and always in my logos, I had mind, body, spirit. And honestly, the spirit part never really, I never understood why that was there. It just came from one of the courses I took to certify as a trainer. And, uh, and finally that, that came full circle. Um, in the process of me, as I really started giving myself more, I started making this transition just naturally to want to help people more, even if that didn't help me in terms of a monetary value as it used to be when I'd run business and started letting go of that and just really wanting to help. If I can help you, I want to help you. Uh, I don't care if I'm getting anything from it. I want to help you. And really soon I realized I was getting more than ever on what that was fulfilling inside of me. And that is what brought me that transition from, you know, just personal training to lifestyle coaching, helping people when they were in a, a tough spot, just understanding I had so many different you know, beautiful mentors to pull from, um, pieces of advice, um, stories that could relate with people that would help them get out of that rut and really take ownership of their life. And in that process, I was building my persona online and in the community and I was enjoying that. And this is when I had started to dive down the world of psychedelics and, at first, I was utilizing psychedelics, specifically magic mushrooms, to ground myself. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, but bring my ego down and just really let go and be. I loved how it just made me just forget about everything and just be in the moment, enjoy the blades of grass in front of me, the trees around. And a few experiences into that is when God came to me and spoke to me at the time through music. Um, I used to call myself music illiterate. I could never hear lyrics. could never hear them. I loved music, but I couldn't hear it. People would laugh at me when they'd hear me listening to a song that was my favorite. You know, but you know what they're talking about? And it didn't resonate with who I was. <laughs> so, And then all of a sudden, boom, I could just hear music and my hair stood up and it was speaking directly to me. And I almost quickly thought I was going crazy until I was left with a series of names to contact. Um, and that I know was given to me, not just for the help, but proof because I contacted these uh, few people and saved their lives that night. And they had a dream about me and it all connected. I could dive quite deeper into that. Um, so that gave me that little bit of, no, it's not just the psychedelic Sean. There was something there. And, um, that, uh, you know, I started, um, consuming then psychedelics once a month to connect spiritually and uh, I didn't have a profound experience as such again until about six months down the road um, where I had what felt like the spirit of Jesus Christ come to me. And it felt as such because what happened is I felt a massive sacrifice from this being, this spirit that was around me and showing my ego for what it was. Um, as six months prior, I had this huge awakening. God is real and I'm on the right path. He said, I've given you your path, your voice that stands outside the crowd, your rough look around the edges and attitude because you have a message that's going to resonate with this group of people over here. That's the same as these over here, but just in a different delivery. So keep going. Keep going, my son. And I did, but not to the fullest extent. And that's because my ego got in the way. Originally online, I had memes that went viral. My daughter and I, that's what really started my... Um, presence online and getting into helping people and in these memes going viral i noticed just how 
judgmental people were and hateful on the littlest things picking apart you know i put a, a white vignette around my picture and they were picking apart my ashy feet wondering what's going on if i have a disease or this and that really it's just a filter that was you know encroaching on all these different things right and that actually impacted me quite a bit i didn't want to admit it um and i just started speaking on this really how it really made me insecure and so in this process when i was first shown yes share your message share your voice trying to get there i was still worried about having to take the perfect picture perfect video make sure everything was perfect worrying about my physical form so people couldn't pick me apart that much falling short of the delivery on really what mattered right so stuck on physical form um so when i had this happen to me the second spiritual experience it, i felt the sacrifice and felt just terrible for not giving myself uh and i felt again i felt was jesus christ and as i share that story and even just sometimes i'll visit a christian church i feel called to go do so and people automatically think i'm christian and i i wouldn't say i am um i'm sure one day if i study the bible enough i could probably find all my beliefs in there just the way i would decipher the scripture compared to most right you know intuitively i've always felt that reincarnation is a real thing and many other things which has allowed me to let go so much and see this life as such a minimal really blip on the map um so that is really in a nutshell how it first began and i transitioned to fully diving in and renouncing many things in my devotion and hitting a point now where i have that connection in many ways not just through music and don't need psychedelics anymore as well diving in through meditation just on a daily basis and that really came in tune from raising my vibration which was the preceding factor before that focusing on my health being more selfless raising that vibration up coming out of my heart space and opening up and aligning with myself so that was uh you know it's been a beautiful beautiful transformation and that's, you know, one of my favorite things is when I meditate morning and evening, diving into it and just uh, getting into that space and disconnecting with the form, the physical form and, uh, you know, the ego, the pain body and realizing who the true self inside is. Hmm. Well, you're certainly bringing me a lot of hope in this moment because I've been on this path uh, for years now and still really struggle with some of the things I hear you are really confronting wholeheartedly like meditation. Meditation is such a painful one for me still. So it's really beautiful to hear. The reminder is like, just show up one more time then I fall down. Like that's kind of the, that's what I'm getting. You, you know what, on, on meditation, Nathan, I, I really resonate with that because it's something I had such difficulty with. Meditation was one of the things that I was telling my clients to do at least 10 minutes a day that I was struggling to do. And I don't like, you know, telling you to do something I'm not doing. And I would struggle just trying to do 10 minutes a day, trying to do 10 minutes a day. And then I came across um, a yogi speaking on it, on how he said, don't worry about it. It doesn't have to be this way or that way. Take it as it comes. Your mind's busy. Your mind's busy. Your mind's blank. Great. Your mind's blank. Focus on your breath if you want. Just go into it. Get into that space. And that is really what opened my eyes to and started enjoying it more. And then... When I had one experience, again, on psychedelics, where I was just, the whole journey was just, boom, I just disconnected from my body, completely weightless. You know, I had a lot of pain in my body, and it was just showing me, you can do this through meditation without this drug, without this plant medicine. And so I started diving into it a lot deeper. And then understanding also yoga... Um, more on the, re <laughs> the reality of what yoga is, not the Western uh, view of it, just as these movements, right? The movements, the Hatha yoga is actually so you can sit in meditation. So I have recently stopped focusing on my, you know, 
physical appearance and wanting to have more muscle and focusing on more on flexibility and function. And now I can actually sit with cross-legged, almost half lotus pose, these different things that have been slowly progressing. And it's been a beautiful thing. But again, when I, when I first made that kind of breakthrough, it was like, Hey, if you got to lie down and do it, lie down and do it. Cause I had terrible back pain. You know, I was also folks, well, I'm supposed to be sitting like this right upright. Sure. Yeah. You want to get to that point, but if that's going to be a barrier for you, even getting close to crossing over, well then, you know, step back and just start with small steps. Hmm. I love that. Start with small steps. Like I think that is just one of the beautiful messages that's missing in our society so much today. It's all about like getting to the top of the mountain instead of like, well, how many steps did you take? And what was the quality of each steps that you took that got you there? And that's just such a critical piece. So I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm loving everything you're saying. I, I really like, there's so many directions I could head off in now. I need to choose one. <laughs> um, but I think th there's a piece in there around, okay, so there's the practical side. I'm very interested to hear the story around actually having this experience that you had, the first big awakening where there was like this connection with these people who's and the saving lives. Like, I want to get to that. I think first, I, I would just like to hear practically around the plant medicines and psychedelics because I think for many people listening who are either somewhat experienced or curious, etc., there's obviously a big step around how do I do this responsibly? How do I do it safely? And so when you were working with these medicines, um, for you, what was the way that you would put set and setting basically? How did you build your structure that enabled you to have these journeys and have these experiences in a way that was beneficial rather than harmful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the plant medicines, um, you know, when I was younger, it was never a plant medicine, it was a drug, um, you know, see the walls moving and enjoy it and whatnot. And I, and I won't lie, um, in the, you know, the last two years, I have caught myself utilizing it as a drug to enjoy uh, the lasers and the, the shiny lights in my home and whatnot. Um, but I've made that transition to, you know, cut that out completely and really dive in just for the spiritual connection. Um, so backing up to, you know, your question, the first setting for me, when I started utilizing them, as I said, uh, just ground myself and bring my ego down, I was going for either a run or a, a bike ride in the park. Now I'm, I wouldn't suggest going on your bike. Um, that was, you know, there's sometimes that I shouldn't have been on my bicycle. Um, but that's where it started. And I actually was listening to this. Um, I got into the habit. My setting was go to the park. Um, and listen to one of my favorite audiobooks, The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra. It's an hour and 11 minutes um, if you put it on 1.2 speed. Uh, he speaks a little slow for my liking. <laughs> and uh, that was my go-to. And it was a good, just really fulfilling um, journey for me. And then I went to do that this one time. And within five minutes, I, I took my tea and I jumped on my bicycle, was off to head to the park. This was 15 minutes away from my home. And five minutes in, this is before the medicine had kicked in, I felt the most strongest intuitive draw inside of me to turn, turn around and go back home. I was like, what? No, I'm excited to go to the park. It's a beautiful day. I just had this tea. I'm going to go enjoy frolicking around in the park. And then I was like, no, go home go home. And then all of a sudden a voice spoke in my head that was not mine. I said, turn around and go home. And I was like, whoa, I was halfway to the park. I turned around. I, I couldn't fight it anymore. Turn around, went home. And I just such a negative feeling started coming over me. Um, I was sitting on my couch and it's what most would call a bad trip, which I say is often what you want. You need to turn into that. It's got everything you're looking for. Don't fight it. Um, 
and I try to fight it. Um, but then I said, oh, what can I do? I had this playlist I made on my phone called soul music. Never listened to it. Again, I was telling about music. I, I really I was trying to learn music, but I just still couldn't connect. I had beautiful songs, but I just it never like resonated what the message actually was. So I had this um, playlist called soul music and it was an hour long. I hit play on that and went and jumped in my bed and put my sheets over my head. And I was just like, let's just ride this out. And that's when it happened. That playlist, and I know because actually I had my GPS on for when I was going for the bike ride because I always like to track everywhere I go. And it tracked for almost three hours. The music played for three hours. And my, my phone doesn't actually, when a playlist plays, it stops. And these songs all spoke to me. And I was able to ask questions and the songs answered. And it was clear. Um, and again, for a while, I didn't want to tell anybody this. I'm like, you sound fucking crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> man, you're going to make people think God doesn't exist for sure if that's where it's all coming from, from the psychedelic world. Um, so that's really where that has started. Um, that was the setting. And now that I have transitioned to utilizing it, well, actually, my most recent journey was a clear indicator. Um, you don't need this. Um, you, you have the answers that you're seeking right now. Maybe in the future you do. Um, but yeah, it was a complete, and I already knew that. I was aware of it. Um, so it's quite interesting to see that just impactful message, but my favorite setting for utilizing them in such a manner was, um, a five gram dose of penis envy, which is the strongest, uh, strongest uh, strain that I'm aware of and taking that uh, as a tea. And I would start with a meditation, really setting intentions on that, praying with it in my hand on what I'm looking for, what I'm seeking to release, um, the guidance I'm looking to receive. And then I would go into my room in the dark, shut off all the lights and just see where it takes me. And uh, so no distractions, because it's, it's awesome looking at, you know, I have all these lasers and stuff around the house for all the, the parties we throw and whatnot. And it's, it's awesome sitting there with a bunch of shrooms and looking at those lasers. It's like just mind blowing, but it's distracting from what you could actually be receiving. So that's, that's my preferred setting. Uh, um, you know, and a lot of people, it would be best they did it with a guide. Um, the one thing I do think some with a guide um, pros and cons with that, because I think on my experience, you know, if I had a, a guide with me, if I had a person with me, I don't know if I ever would have broke through. Um, you know, they would have maybe interrupted because I was having such a hard time, right? So I don't know if I would have received that um, as I did because I was just so alone and so susceptible to what needed to come to me and, and save me at the time. And that's where I'll, you know, my second experience, as I said, that, that experience in the washroom, I, I got down on my knees crying when I felt that sacrifice, knowing that I wasn't giving what I should have been as profound as my experience was six months prior, I dropped down on my knees crying. And then I got up, leaned against the bathroom wall and I had just taken a shower and instantly my mind's like, hey, get off the wall. It's a brown wall. You're going to get this big watermark on it. And sure enough, I did. And the watermark, and this was, this to me was just set everything in stone again, was the perfect shape of these giant lips. Now, to back up for the last two months, I have artwork all over here around me and it's all motivational artwork by Iconic. And Iconic also has this artwork of these lips in different things like gold dripping, money, flowers. My daughter and I have been wanting to purchase one of these paintings of the lips and put it in this very spot in the bathroom. So that was the message to me. Yes. And it's actually my birthday, actually as of an hour into this journey now, it was in the middle of the night. I was like, yes, go and purchase that. 
put it here to remember. And I go on Iconic, and of course, they just made one that was with butterflies, the butterfly effect, metamorphosis. So I purchased that and put it in there. That was a staple on that. So that's, uh, you know, in a nutshell, my, uh, my journey. And I've experienced many other, other, other things since then. So, well, let's go, let's get into the, just, just cause like what you're talking about, these so-called synchronicities of things lining up. Um, I actually remember again, just a brief intro to, to the next story I'm interested in hearing, but when my beloved Carly and I were first together, we decided to do a journey together. It must've been maybe two or three grams each. Like it wasn't a, a sort of hero, the heroic dose, but still enough that things got intense. And especially with someone we'd known each other, maybe a year at that point. So things were still quite new. And I still credit that experience with the, how deep and how long our relationship has lasted at this point. Um, but one of the things that happened that night was that at one point we were lying next to each other, kind of just like cuddling, just spooning, just, and it was intense. Uh, especially then I, I was much less experienced with plant medicines and, and those kind of um, transformative spaces. And so there was like a lot of intensity and, and in me, I'm the communicator. That's my, one of my gifts in life is to be the one who brings the message and shares the message of life with my people. And, and so with Carly, she was lying there and there would be, we'd be quiet. And then I'd have this feeling of energy getting stuck and it would start to feel dark and scary and intense. And, and the balance of energy would be out of alignment. And as I felt it, there was this urge to speak to it, to say, I witnessed this. I see what's happening. And I would speak it. And as I would speak it, exactly the thing that Carly was struggling with in that moment would be the thing that I was speaking and it would then release the energy and we could like find our equilibrium again. So those, and there are just so many of those kind of stories, which is just amazing. So I would love to hear this one of how, as you had that awakening, where there were things that proved to you, that helped you to really know when you came out the other side, that this is real. This is not just me thinking I'm off on some journey with some psychedelic drugs. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I have a few friends who do guides, guided journeys, and th they always speak on that, uh, what you just mentioned, the, the connection to the energy, the shift and feeling that, what the person's going through in that trauma. It's funny, every time I, I do um, mushrooms, I actually, my back pain, I, I feel completely different. It's as a trapped energy. It's like I'm holding it there for a reason, something I still haven't unlocked the keys to and understanding. Um, so yeah, as I said, the, the profound, you know, confirmation that one night with the painting and, um, that is with the lip mark and, and I, being exactly the painting we were looking at. And that's what brought me to talk to, reach out to a friend of mine who was a pastor, uh, in Christianity and start doing a Bible study because I was like, well, I felt sacrifice with sacrifice with Jesus Christ. Right. Um, and I started diving into it always intuitively though. I felt reincarnation to be a real thing and these different things that really fell outside the box of what most in that religion perceive. Um, so back to one thing you said there, I, I resonate with people kind of coming at me. Sometimes they see me going to church and then I talk about this or that and they get very mad, um, that I'm saying anything outside the box. And what I loved, um, when my pastor came over, he said, Hey, Sean, you're saying things I don't agree with, but I'm not going to tell you that. I just want you to know that that is something I don't agree with. I'm going to tell you right now, but I'll never say anything because that's between you and God. That's your progressive revelation. I wish that was the approach that I had as a child because I never would have steered away, right? It, it was just all encompassing. Um, so the first time when I was left with names, one specific name um, was an individual that I used to be very good friends with when I moved to Winnipeg here. And um, it, I hadn't talked to him for, I don't know, six, seven, eight, ten years. I can't remember how long it's been. Um, never think about him, nothing. It just came to me. Um, and uh, so I reached out to him uh, that evening 
And, uh, the next morning he messaged me back and he's like, Holy shit, man. Like you came to my mind just a day ago, uh, to reach out. And, uh, but I'm in such a low place. I've hit like rock bottom with my drinking and drug use. Um, I'm out of the house. I was in pretty well, like a crack house last night. Um, just about ready to actually give up on my life. And, uh, so I told him what happened. I was like, God came to me last night. And, uh, that's new for me to say, I sound crazy saying this, but we need to connect, man. I'm going to help you. And, uh, so he turned his life around, uh, got sober and, uh, it's steering towards, you know, developing an addiction, uh, counseling program actually as well. So that was a huge one. And then a few other individuals that I reached out to that really just completely changed their life that night. And they're like, wow, that, that message you sent me, um, I was given a message to send and a, and a way to deliver it. And it, uh, it made just a lasting imprint. And these are people that I didn't really know online, but I was given their name. Um, so it was, uh, it was quite interesting. So that uh, those first two experiences were very profound for me to look back on and, and never be able to really shake my head and say, no, that was all in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are critical for, cause the mind and the ego is so good at being like, ah, it was just, you know, synchronous, like it could have just happened to anyone. It's just whatever. And then, but there's some stories where it's like, I know what that felt like. I know how crazy the odds of that happening are like this. You can't, you can't overcome that. So I'd love to hear you. You mentioned something around moving from anger to love, because obviously the context here and part of the reason for this conversation, the reason I know about you is because you have been a voice for sovereignty and a voice for liberty and and human rights. I mean, it's 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 the foundational stuff of like what it means to be human. And you've really chosen some very strong stands around. Uh, no, I wouldn't say ignoring, but consciously consciously choosing an alternate path to the one that your government has set for you. For example, you're in Canada and, and, and all these lockdowns and shutdowns, you can't do this, but everyone's doing that instead. And it's just like things that didn't make sense to you. Uh, and so I'm really curious how that aligned, not just in the actions you took, but in the way you felt about it, because it sounds like initially there was the sense of that you were judging, that you were angry and you wanted to like, I'm going to take you down kind of thing. And then something shifted. And now when you speak about it, there's a sense of, of love and understanding. And I actually saw a brief video of you at the trucker um, convoy where you were in the town and you were even saying to the army guys on the other side with their big armor and their helmets and their shields. And you were like, listen, I have only love for you. Like, I'm not judging you. I just, I see you. I know that you know that this isn't right. And I'm calling you out on that. And I just, I'd love to hear you speak to that journey from rage and anger and judgment to love and understanding without, with still having clear boundaries. And, and that's a very powerful distinction. It's not just, oh, love and light and everything's cool, but it's like, hey, I love you enough to be strong in this. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's something I should try to emphasize a little bit more when I talk on it, um, still setting those clear boundaries um, still standing uh, to protect what is right. Um, and definitely that was a transition I made. Um, you know, when the, the lockdowns came, um, when the news first spread about what was happening, um, and instantly my intuition said, no, that's not right. And people aren't going to listen to this. And now this was at a time where I had was making the transition away. I was doing most of my life coaching online and I was making the transition away from one-on-one -on -one coaching into virtual programs. I developed a virtual program two years prior and I was taking notes for two years, taking feedback and 
about to revamp it into something I really wanted to give to the world, a very well-rounded way to just change your life and take ownership. And so this was at the time where I had just emptied my bank account to purchase all the professional gear to execute on that the the best that I could. And I was writing a book as well. So I was really in, just bought all this gear. It's time to figure out how to do it, how to use the damn camera, how to use the computer, the video editing software, the green screen, all this stuff to develop this virtual interactive program. And when that happened, I was like, okay, well, people aren't going to listen to this. Get back to work, Sean. Just keep going. And then I think six months, nine months later, I realized people were listening. And then they said, you couldn't have more than one person over at your home or even in your yard. And I was like, enough's enough. Like, this is ridiculous. Originally, a couple months into realizing people were listening, I wished I had a storefront that I could be that shining light in the city to like show you, hey, you can say no. Whatever. They want to ticket you up, try to close your door. Follow Ian Smith, my man in, in the States who took his damn door off his gym. He led the way for us, right? That was an inspiration for where I went. And um, so that's when I jumped online and I made this deal. And this is another thing that we could talk about and instilling that confidence um, on the reality of God. Um, because I made a deal. I said, okay, I'm going to put all my stuff aside, right? I just emptied my accounts. I mean, emptied. I, I, I run things sh- real close sometimes. <laughs> like I didn't have a safety net, nothing. I'm going to put everything off to the side. And I'm going to do what I know I need to do to help people in the community and then use that as a shining light for the reach I have online. So I have this yard. My home is on just off of one of the busiest streets in Winnipeg. There's actually just a parking lot separating us with this bar. So, And actually, ironically, the parking lot is about six feet higher in grade. So it's perfect for people to actually come and see exactly what I'm doing in my yard. Big bubble on one of the busiest streets. I used to teach boot camps. So gyms were closed all these things were closed right people weren't allowed to interact with each other i said all right jumped on my social media and said come on down here for free boot camp classes every week no matter what i'm here if it's just me or if there's a hundred of you don't care who try to tell us me i can't this is a place of safety come on down and that is what started the movement in this community that you know evolved into doing kids classes, weekly yoga class, weekly martial arts class, bi-weekly fires, comedy nights, karaoke nights, axe throwing events, like all these different things that bring people together and give them a place of safety and a place to inspire them to stand in their truth. And, you know, I can back up and talk about that deal I made because I said, hey, I'm going to put everything off to the side, just make sure my bills are covered. And it got really sketchy. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, just a random person would come around and be like, here, Here's a large donation. I know you need this. And uh, actually, it happened one time where I got down on my knees. I was like, hey, I, I, I made, made up. Like, I kept my end of the bargain. And here I am, almost three mortgage payments behind as of tomorrow. And they're going to put my home in for foreclosure. I need 10 grand tomorrow. Thank you. And I said so with confidence. You know, when I pray, I don't, I don't request ever. Um, the odd time I'll stay like, Hey, just in case you didn't notice, this is what's needed. Thank you for bringing it. Right. Um, <laughs> and that's what I did this time. And the next morning I forgot, I had a call with this individual in Miami who runs a foundation out there, the Phenom foundation. I'll give him a shout out, Eric, my man. I just absolutely love what he's brought to the table and now become a mentor of mine and a close friend. Had a call with him and actually I've been putting it off for a while. I get a lot of requests online and, you know, a lot of weirdos and stuff. So I don't, I don't give people the time of day often as often as I should. 
So we finally had this call and jump on and he's talking to me about, you know, I see what you're doing. I want to help you fundraise so you can start this school that I see you want to do for kids and whatnot. And at the end of the call, he tells me, you know, I'm sure you're in a really, really kind of rough spot. I can, I have a feeling uh, that you probably need some money. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to send you a little bit of money to help you stay afloat. And we'll get on a call next week, do this, do this interview that I want to share out to the, my, my sponsors. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. Rubbing it off right after the call. Two minutes later, all right, I sent you a, a transfer on PayPal. Sends me 10 grand gift. Exactly what I asked for. That happened two more times um, when I absolutely needed it. And actually, I've been tested on my faith on that going into things um, when people are like, well, Sean, why don't you just really focus on your business or do this? You have so much you can monetize off of this community you build. I'm like, that's not the deal I made. That's not why I'm here. There may be a shift for that eventually. Sometime I do see that approaching. But right now, I'm still to stay true on this deal I made. And uh, so that's, you know, just a blip in the story on on really instilling that that belief as well in the power of, uh, of that connection that I've made. And uh, yeah, so my stance, you know, <laughs> the word got out quickly on the community. As I said, it evolved to all these different events. The word got out to the police quickly as well. They were there quite often trying to scare me into shutting down, handing me tickets over the fence. And I showed everybody, big F you. And I did so with anger, as you mentioned. I was very angry at people enabling, getting behind things because they didn't want to have an unpopular opinion. Maybe they Maybe they didn't want to just get a little bit of backlash from their friends, family, or workplace, or just wanted to be a part of the club, or you know, for whatever reason um, that they did. There were so many, and I was very upset about it because I looked at them as the problem and that they were enabling all this to happen. That transition I made as I've dived deeper into my spirituality, I see this all as a great awakening and, and kind of part of a play, I think, that is a story theme that is here for a reason. Um, we have free will as people, but I do feel like there is a theme in the world that still plays out. And that is what has allowed me to release and understand, no, this is, we can't have this beautiful awakening that is such on fast forward right now. If we didn't have those other people and all the ridiculousness that is grabbing people and shaking them to ask questions, right? It's like, ask questions, my son. Look at what's happening. <laughs> Wake up. So I've evolved to letting go and respecting everybody's journey. Um, and that's when, you know, I had one journey I call my I am journey. When I was showing, we're all one. Um, there's no difference. Like God is everything in everything. We're all one. We're all paid of the same consciousness. And just it's our pain bodies and egos that get developed from society around us that trigger this being that's really not us that reacts to other things around us. And I understood that I fell in a divide that was purposely put there. And I wasn't helping anything. Sure, I helped people have a safe place, but I could have done that out of love. Sure, it was nice for a lot of people at that time to see a man speaking up with aggressive, assertive direction on what was going on and inspiring people to do so. But the benefit that had to them caused more divide on the other side where they weren't hearing any message I had to share. So I could approach it a much better way. Remember when I came across Aubrey Marcus, uh, his podcast somewhere in time, I'm like, that guy's like me, but like evolved 20 years from now, like really <laughs> coming out of a, a better place that's connecting people. And that's the aim I've been making to just connect and not divide, but unite. And that uh, definitely takes a lot of putting your ego aside and different things. But it's, uh, yeah. Um, so it's been a huge evolution. Ottawa was one thing that really um, instilled that. Um, that changed me completely going to Ottawa, um, the trucker convoy. Um, I was there for just about the entire time on the first two days. Uh, so like six weeks in total. 
and that completely changed me just seeing um, people coming together the way they did and just all the love. It, it, and I think everybody that went there um, that really embraced it, it changed them. It was just something um, beyond belief, really, seeing everybody come together the way they did, you know, pulling garbage out of uh, out of everywhere, uh, shoveling streets, you know, bringing food in, smuggling gas, whatever you had to do. People just did their part and did it and made it happen. We all stood there in sovereignty together. And it was a beautiful thing that really just made me love people so much more. And that was the message of last year, you know, love thy neighbor as yourself. I kept getting it. Like, it was already here. Like, here, Sean, this is what you need to be doing. Love thy neighbor as yourself. I'm like, I hear you. But fuck, it's hard. Um, like, uh, I want to <laughs> hit these people, um, which ended up happening. Actually, I did get an incident that we might dive into that I've talked to on my second podcast here uh, that I just put out the Vikings voice. So it uh, it was a message that I finally absorbed. Love thy neighbor as yourself, understanding it. Like, and that was that I am journey that really helped me. You know, if I say F you to you, that's like saying F you to me. We're all one in this, right? I know that's a hard concept for a lot of people to realize, but I feel that polarity uh, in this world, the duality is there for a reason to help us come back to who we truly are. And really, you know, if you, people are like, wow, what about all those people suffering and this and that? Like, that's so terrible to say that, you know, I put out a post the other day, like what you're receiving right now is what's best for the evolution of your consciousness. And people speak on what about those in concentration camps and whatnot? Well, I can't cite the names of who they were, but I know there were people that had the same outlook as that and same understanding and the way I look at it is like, if you hopped on, you know, I have a Wii here. Uh, the only video game that I'll play, my, allow my daughter to play sometimes, we jump on there and play Mortal Kombat. We're there killing each other, right? Um, it's just a video game. It's just one little blip. And that's kind of how I look at this life. It's just really, how real is it um, in retrospect on the grand scheme of things? So those are part of the, the things that have helped me in that evolution to just really release and respect others' journeys and just focus on becoming my my best self, my highest self, and, and shining that light, being a lighthouse with the world. Hmm. Wow, There's, I'm just resonating with so much you're saying right now. It's it's the a thought that came up as you were speaking is well, there's there's a few parts to it, but I, it's an old saying that's it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, and by the same token someone else said and i and i will look up these quotes if i can find them and put them into the show notes just so people can go and like track down the readings a bit more but another one that says it might even be anyway i don't know who says it but is basically that someone who says they're a pacifist but is not dangerous is harmless is is not a pacifist they're just harmless like you can i could say i'm a pacifist but what does it matter if I couldn't do anything anyway? A real pacifist is someone who's deadly, someone who's incredibly dangerous and who is choosing peace. And really, I just, I'm wanting to reflect that for you right now, because when I see you and I see how strong you are and I see and I hear these stories of how at times you have been an angry man and have even hurt people at times, that 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 your choice to be someone who is in love, which some could say is a pacifist in some ways, is to, to remember that we are all one and that my that by you living your truth, you're not trying to deny someone else theirs. You're just living your truth and that there is a big difference there. And so really just honoring that, what it means to be a true uh, peaceful warrior or a man of peace or a pacifist. So, so thank you for that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of my most recent lessons uh, in an ongoing court case I have for when I did lose my temper on an individual, um, really understanding true strength and power is in the restraint 
um, you know, sheathing your sword, having the sword and knowing how to use it, but sheathing it and uh, keeping that guard on uh, until there is a time that's absolutely necessary. And I'm still undecided if that time would ever be of reality. And uh, even the scripture, you know, on the meek shall inherit the earth. Uh, the word meek is something that I think is one of the most misunderstood words out there. So it is, uh, yeah, that restraint, that's where power is, true strength, not allowing your pain body to react and, and everything get involved in the, in the reaction from what's around you. Hmm. Well, so so I've come at this from kind of the opposite direction in a way where I've been, or maybe not the opposite direction, but I've focused a lot on the sort of spirit and the we are all oneness and at the expense in many ways of my actual physical health. So I've had sort of like chronic pain issues and all kinds of stuff for, for many years. And instead of taking that as an invitation to take better care of my body, I kind of went deeper into like, oh, I must need to heal something emotionally, mentally, and, you know, through what I called depression, what, what people call depression, which I now think is, as uh, Jim Carrey says, depression is your avatar letting you know it's tired of the character you're playing. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> way to put it. I got to write that one down. Yeah. Dude, Jim Carrey, that guy's a boss. Um, anyway, so, so what I've been recently realizing is that, that actually, if I take care of my vessel, like my health and my fitness, basically on a very practical term, that that is that enables me to to do a number of things. One, it enables me to become a dangerous man, to become a strong, dangerous man who can then be a real pacifist instead of just like a harmless man who's like, yeah, I choose peace because I can't choose anything else. Um, and also that it enables me to live in a body that is so strong and vibrant and energized that I can really be of service, that the voice, the messages, the stories, the podcast, the love, the all the things I'm here to bring, I have the capacity to do that. And the reason I'm bringing that up now is because because you have focused on that part in your life really strongly, uh, being a strong, physically fit, healthy man. And I'm curious, just again, for our listeners and for me and for, for anyone who comes across this, like, how do you recommend people maybe who haven't focused on that area as much as they'd like to or are realizing, wow, that would be really, that's a good resilience tool for me is to get strong in my body. What are some of the tips or the ways that you'd recommend people get started or improve in that area? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's crucial. Um, one of the biggest tips, um, and it's something I've recently moved away, you know, ego has been something I've uh, been a topic of study of mine for quite some time. Um, and I'm, I'm really just starting to learn so much more about it that I, I thought I understood and had a bay. I was really taken back, actually. And that was God's kind of humorous way a few times of uh, showing me that I didn't. Um, quite humorous, actually, a few of them uh, I laugh on now. Um, so one of the things is really, truly don't worry about how you look in the mirror. Um, careful with that. Be careful. Um, obviously you want to be uh, presentable and in, in good health, but be very careful of the trap of looking in the mirror and especially with what, everything you see on social media. Um, you can really get stuck in your ego very quickly with that and get addicted to the changes you see, which, you know, could be a good, useful fuel for the fire, but it's a, it's a very fine line to dance on. Um, so be careful with that. Um, focus on functionality, true overall health. And uh, some of the you know most simple tips that I would give people, um, some of the biggest ones is sleep. Actually prioritize good quality sleep. Um, that's something that we um, you know, really take for granted or not necessarily take for granted, but just put to the wayside in this fast world we're living. Slow down, be in the present moment, focus on sleep, minimize your stress everywhere you can. And one of the best ways I've done that is realizing the bigger picture and letting go, you know, understanding that worrying robs you of your peace today. 
So those are some I know not directed to what many would think the first answers would be. Um, But minimize stress, get good quality sleep, get out in the sun, you know, wake up and go to bed with the sun, get out if you can, even in the middle of winter, take your shirt off and let those rays hit you. That is your life source. Soak up that sun for at least 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening, at least preferably much, much longer than that. Uh, Hydration. If you're drinking the tap water, I don't know where you are, but it's probably not a good idea here in Winnipeg. And I didn't even wake up to this until not too long ago. It's got tons of fluoride, chlorine, all these different things in there. Find good quality drinking water and get that in you and eat real whole foods, right? Eat whole foods, real food. Some of the biggest things I suggest, even just the easiest way to start, take soy and canola off your diet and watch how much you're actually not eating anymore because that stuff is in everything. And, and look into it on the damaging effects. Eat real whole foods, a balanced diet, and breath work. That's huge, these different things. Meditation. So these are really things that you can do that will ground you and bring you in a pay, place of peace. And we haven't even talked about physical performance, physical exercise yet, right? And obviously, that's going to be a key component. Um, working out your body, um, whether it just be a fast walk to start, running if you can, weights. Resistance training is huge. Um, definitely, I suggest picking up some weights. For sure, it's going to really help your body and help your metabolism as well. And one of the biggest things a lot of people, you know, one of the key points I can say beyond that without making it too confusing, too much information is make sure you're eating enough. A lot of people are in a position of wanting to lose weight and they don't eat enough and they put their body actually in starvation mode where their body is now storing onto their fat, holding it on for dear life and burning down their muscle for energy to survive. And that's actually going to bring your metabolism lower and you're going to have the opposite result of what you're seeking. So, um, those are some simple things and working out, you know, you don't have to get crazy with it. Like complicated. Everybody's like, oh, well, you know, just work out, move your ass, pick up some things, <laughs> pick up some heavy things, even do some water jugs, move them around, do this, that, that, some squats, like honestly, just get moving the workouts. You can, you can make those more technical down the road. Um, you just got to keep it simple, but your food, your sleep, your stress, your sunlight, your breathing, your water hydration, um, focus on those simple things to start. And then as you, as you gain some traction, you're going to find yourself more interested and more able to absorb information as you research on better diet, on better exercise, because you build this confidence and more awareness and interest in the subject. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I've been experiencing. So it hasn't even been that long and it's kind of, I've on and off, on and off, I've been with trying out different exercise things and nothing's really stuck. And then literally in the last six weeks, it's really been that recent that I have recommitted because I was a surfer when I was young. I was really into surfing. That was my church. Like that was my, that was my present moment awareness. There is no way that I can be on a wave and anywhere else, but here now, like this, it, it doesn't work. And so, and then I had some injuries along the way and I, got into drugs and drink and women and all the, and I prioritized other things. Same, similar story. Like I was escaping the pain that I had inside me and I thought, and I was trying to fit into a society that had told me very clearly when I was a kid that I was not okay by the society standards. I was like, I just want to be honest and connect and have fun, like fun. And, and, and it was like, no, we're going to bully you and we're going to give you detention and we're going to crush that beautiful spirit as much as we can until <clears throat> you conform. And I tried to conform. I tried hard. Anyway, so through it all uh, the chronic pain all the things started to happen over the years and then um, surfing really kind of stopped being an option because of neck spasms etc long story short six weeks ago I finally really committed to kettlebells um, which is something I've worked on and off with over the last few years really always enjoyed it but never like stayed consistent enough and in the last six weeks I mean it has given me just so much on so many levels that 
And I don't really look that different. It's been six weeks, like, but I'm not, I, I, I enjoy looking in the mirror just because I, I actually think I look lovely. I, I was su- su- telling my partner, I think I have like dysmorphia in a positive way. <laughs> like I always look in the mirror, I'm like, ah, my body's lovely. <laughs> but, um, but the difference that I'm noticing is the feeling of energy and strength. Like I started on 12 kilograms. Do you guys work in kilos there? Is that a uh, pounds, but I know the difference. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, so sell like a lot of 12... drugs once upon a time. There you go, there you go. (laughs) So I started on 12 kilos and it was like hard. And then I moved up to 16 after a few weeks and I was like, wow, this is really hard. And now there are exercises that when I did them, like uh, there's a 10 minute workout that I, when I first tried it with 16 kilos, I thought I was going to throw up. Like I was literally collapsed on the ground, almost in tears. And now I can do it and I can do it. And at the end of it, I'm like, I want to do something else. Like let's keep swinging these kettlebells. And so, I don't know, just for me starting, cause I've always tried to start, like I said, with the spirit, like start with the breath and the meditation. And, and I think those are really valuable. But right now what I'm realizing is that if I start with getting my body really like strong and vibrant. For me, there's a playfulness in that, which is giving me more capacity to show up for all the other areas. So anyway. Well, I think that, well, that's, that's really interesting to hear, right? Because we, like you said, we've really kind of gone opposite directions, right? So I speak on what resonates with me on it um, because it was the physical first for me, but that brought me to that place of being able to raise my vibration. And, you know, you said something there um, that I missed, I think on one of the most important things, cut out the alcohol. Um, it's, it's bloody poison. Um, if you want to enjoy a little bit here and there, I'm not saying that's something that you shouldn't do. Um, if you can keep it at that, but it is bloody poison for you and it's breaking down your body. So if you can cut that out to the greatest degree that you can, that's going to be one of the best things you can do. And as well, kettlebells, you know, when those workouts, like get functional, move, right? Stretch the yoga is like the last six weeks I've gone through a transition that's just changed my life. My, I can feel my pains unraveling all this tension and it's a beautiful thing. You know, I used to be focused on being just completely jacked and now, and it was a huge challenge to the ego as I dropped from that. But now I do love how I look and I, you know, if you took two pictures, well, people go, well, really look at you over here. But for me, it's like just knowing the functionality, the health, the true health and what it's done to my spirit. That has been a huge, huge increase in benefit that I couldn't even compare to before on what you think, how I look like. Right. And so um, that's where I speak on the mirror. Like, don't worry so much about, you know, shaping this up that way or this way compared to these people you see, these giant butts or whatever. Like, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nice having a little bit bigger butt. I'm sitting on a hard, hard chair right now. I'd be nice to have a little <laughs> more cushion like I used to, but I don't need it that big. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, again, I'm just, I keep circling back to this because it feels like it's such a, such a valuable thing that you've offered to people is this, that you are part of the change. You are part of this great awakening. And I see for so many, so many of the people I interact with, it's so easy to get hooked into what they call doom scrolling. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's a victim mindset. Um, Just sitting there in a pissing match, honestly. Yeah. Doom scrolling (laughs) is a good way to put it. Yeah, continue on this, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious into like, what what do you feel like if you haven't said it because you've covered some really beautiful stuff here that I think is a massive value to people and I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts on like what people can do to help themselves to not focus too much energy on what is wrong like it's good to know we have to know these are the things that are being brought to us this is what they say we have to do next etc cetera, etc cetera. so then but then how to take that and go cool now I know and now I'm going to take action in this direction are there any things that come up with you that you would advise or that you, that reflections? 
Absolutely. Something uh, anybody who follows me regularly, I've, I've known as I've spoken on often, it's a, uh, something I took from one of my mentors at Milet, the 90-10 rule. And that being take 10% of our time and energy, focus that on problems, which 10% would really be identifying the problem and possibly what it could grow into. And then 90% of your time and energy focus on solutions. A lot of us get that backwards. Um, seems to be maybe just human nature, just how society has ingrained us. We'll spend 10% of the time maybe identifying some solutions and 90% of the time on the problem, looking at the problem. And if you believe it all in manifestation, how our inner world is our outer world, we're just bringing in more problems, telling the universe we want this problem. So just remember the 90-10 rule is a huge, huge benefit. You know, Am I spending more than 10% of my time and energy looking at the problem? I already know what it is. Why do I need to keep staring at it? A lot of people would ask me, you know, in this community that we started a transition from all those things. I talked about the events and then I built the rink and then we did the yarn now and all these different things that's evolved from and all the people I've helped and the marches that I put on and the speeches. So how do you have time for this, Sean? How do you do all this when you have all these people coming at you? This is not. Well, for one, I can tell you, I'm not sitting there scrolling, looking at all this stuff all day and sitting in a victim mindset. Um, at the beginning of everything, I got added to WhatsApp or Telegram, a couple of these things. And there was only three chats that people added me to, which were specifically supposed to be to connect. So I didn't, I didn't join all the other ones. That's all for just mass information. I never looked at any of them other than the notification that I saw a year and a half later. And there was something like 700,000 messages unread. So I tell people, well, for one, I'm not looking at that where you guys are all spending your time focusing on the problems, focusing on the problems. I'm not saying there's not a good information in there not to keep yourself aware, but be very conscious on where your time and energy is going. You only have so much of it in a given day. 90-10 rule, 90-10 rule. That's a good one to remember for me. Yeah. 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 That's a good one for me as well. I mean, that, so, cause you said something earlier, um, I don't remember what it was, but it triggered a thought that I still have the thought, which is that when this whole thing, oh yes, I remember when you said it, when it first started, this whole lockdowns and things, you were like, ah, people won't pay attention to this. I had exactly the same. Like literally, I was here in South Africa because it comes up every year or two. They, it's the new, the swine, this, the SARS, that, the, oh no, everyone gets scared. Some terrible thing's going to kill us all. And I've been through so many, like I never pay attention to that because I know I'm good. I My immune system, I know how to take care of myself. Like I know what's real in terms of actual health and healing, et cetera. So um, I always ignore it. And then again, same thing, like, oh, this isn't going away. And so I started trying to share and, you know, sharing facts on online. Like, look, here's a statistic around this thing that's, what about that? And geez, it just caused so much polarity, just so much arguing. And I just, so I stopped. I was like, well, I don't want to, that's not my jam. I don't want to do that. And yet the voice, the feeling of what I do have a truth that doesn't match what's out there and I do feel the need to speak it and I don't know how to do that. And I, I really appreciate the way that you approached it. And, and actually what I ended up doing was I started writing long form spoken word poems. Now, I've been a wordsmith for most of my life and I started writing these spoken word poems. And, and the second or third one was We Are Already Free, which has become the title of this, of this podcast. Um, and it was amazing to witness the difference when I shared that poem. And I had no idea. You, you said you've gone viral, like with your memes and everything. I've never had a viral, viral experience, which I love that name. But uh, anyway, yeah. the, and suddenly people were sharing this poem everywhere and just saying like, this is what I wanted to say, but I didn't have the words. And it was like, I realized, wow, I can focus on my truth and doing what I believe is right without it 
being a polarizing event. Yes, some people are going to shout at me about it and be upset about it and have stories about it and all the things, but I'm not doing it because I'm trying to prove someone wrong. I'm only doing it because it's my truth. And so I guess the, the question I have really is, is what I love to ask every guest, guest is, what do the words we are already free mean to you? Well, you know what? I, uh, as I saw the name of your podcast, I uh, instinctively um, came to mind on what that means to me. And as I hear your last conversation, I look over to my left here and, and see the lighthouse that I put here. Um, that's what it is, being a lighthouse, right? Just shining your light so bright where the others that are just aimlessly flying around or just drawn to it and something resonates i love that poetry um, that you're putting out there i love to check some of it out that is something i i enjoy writing especially anytime i fall in love i uh i share <laughs> i i share such words and actually singing is something i've been uh wanting to get into and creating music uh, i think i'm going to execute on sometime soon um so as you uh, as you asked that that meaning is the internal sovereignty in the mind, knowing that we are free and we were given that sovereignty, the freedom over our being, the freedom of our speech, the freedom of our thought, and that we can hold that without giving it away. And it really comes down to an option, fear or faith. Choose fear, you're giving your power of thought away. You're allowing somebody to come in there and program that and do as they wish and control you if they are able to access that. Faith you're completely released. You're free. And it's uh, where we all are already free. It's there. So we're born with it and we can obtain it our whole life, no matter what happens to our physical form. We're so much more than that. Spiritual beings living a human body experience. If you don't believe that, I highly suggest you start diving deep down because that is one of the easiest things to find. And it is there. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Uh, well said. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I I feel like we could go in. So, there's so many things that I would love to discuss with you. Um, I think for now, let's let's bring this to a close, and and would love to have you on again to dive further into to some of the kind of doors we've opened. Um, but but the final thing I'd really love to ask is is how can people find more of you? You are sharing such wonderful things with the world in various ways, and I know you've got new things coming. And I just kind of where can people now get more of you? Absolutely, brother. So, um, uh, my Instagram is Sean, S-H-A-U-N-J Zimmer, Z-I-M-M-E-R. I don't post a ton on there, but my stories, I do. A lot of my stories, um, I've really been moved away from social media for a few years. And, and unless there's times I feel the need to put out certain messages like Resin Ottawa. I just finally started my podcast. Episode two was just launched on Sunday. Um, that's been a long time coming. So that is The Vikings Voice with Sean Zimmer. And uh, that's one of the best places. My website, uh, thevikingondemand.com. And uh, as uh, we are already free came to you, um, my, uh, my kind of new direction with everything, I believe in us, uh, is what came to me. And that is the app that I'm developing, which will um, really encompass all the things I'm doing moving forward. Um, so that's coming uh, pretty soon. Hopefully to launch that in the next week or two, which will be on uh, all platforms available, I believe in us. So the Vikings voice, if you really want to hear um, and stay connected, obviously, and Instagram is a good place as well. Fantastic. I'll be sure to share all the links that you mentioned in the show notes. And thank you again, really just honoring that you are embodying we are already free, that you are someone out there in the world who is living that truth and just feeling, I feel deeply grateful for the amount of resonance between our stories across the world and all the differences as well and how that the differences illuminate the similarities and vice versa and just grateful to 
to have this opportunity. So thank you, Sean. Thank you so much. Oh, likewise, brother. Thanks for having me on, Nathan. I appreciate it. Looking forward to the next time. Thank you again to Sean the Viking Zimmer for coming on the We Are Already Free podcast. You can find links to Sean's Instagram, website, podcast, and more at alreadyfree.me forward slash 008, which will give you links to listen on all the platforms and then all the links to Sean, etc. are in the show notes to every episode. Now, I have an exciting invitation for you. If you want to meet other like-hearted listeners of this podcast, I've created a free private community where you can comment on each episode, ask questions, which I will answer personally and others too if they have the answers. And you can also chat with other already free people from around the world. Just go to alreadyfree.me forward slash 008 to get your free access. Dear listener, Wherever you are and whatever you're going through, please know that I am grateful to be here with you and I love being me with you. Until next week, I wish you blessings on your path.